So in the early, early, early hours here, early hours, the hours pre-dawn, getting up at the hours of pre-dawn allows you to continue your lifelong passion of being an insomniac. Isn't that just awesome? And if you do this a couple of nights a week, on the weekend, maybe leave it for the weekend, have some discipline as needed throughout the week, maybe a night a week, a night or two on the weekend, it doesn't hurt. I've learned this um, from a lot of spiritual training I've gotten over the years where you take a night or two and you, you allow yourself to use your energy as you need to uh, from your mind. Uh, when we were centuries ago and we were sleeping and kind of living a little more wild than we do, our animal instincts were to wake up at night and watch. So we would go to bed around 7.30, 8 o'clock. And then we would wake up around between midnight and 2 in the morning. We would guard, protect, uh, hunt. We would gather together and have a feast, sit around a fire. And so during these early morning hours, that's what I want to do with you, our work together. A feast of insights for you. Your plate is already overloaded in life, so why not stack it up with tools, silverware, right, that are going to help you to break down everything that is on your plate. And so, getting to a lot of uh, access in your mind and giving yourself a lot of time is so important. And, um, it gives you this time to create, to paint, to draw, to podcast, whatever it is that you need to do, to talk to others that you are getting to know, connecting with. And so, I know when we last left off before productability launch and announcement, we talked a lot about cutting out the things that no longer work and kind of cutting out, you know, and realizing that we are more free-spirited. 
when it comes to those of us who have had a long history of religion. Maybe a short history of religion. Maybe you just were really, really on your shit and you're like, okay, this is not my me. And you had other shit going on anyway that you realized you were spiritual either way. Um, maybe you kind of were taught the freedom to explore in that. Maybe you had a deeper appreciation to explore that based on um, that you came to this country from somewhere else and now you're appreciating the freedom to do spirituality your way more so than in other places where things were very, very regulated and dogmatized. Well, as I've said in my last episode, I am a testing ground. I really love to go in and just be a secret shopper. Like, the spiritual secret shopper. Not like, you know, just going in and buying and leaving reviews, but like the spiritual secret shopper. Where I'm going in, exploring spiritual uh, places, and then spitting out what doesn't work, what I find vile, and then um, eating up the parts or the places that I think are really cool. And then going in and kind of seeing what to learn from any of that. But I have found there's a lot of, and I know this is going to be contradictory, contradictory there's a lot of spirituality in secular I don't even like the word secular I think that's a label that we've put on music and especially because music has gotten such a crazy rap um television and you know just content in general that is not church related and uh this mode of secular has uh, has gotten us into a lot of trouble, this label of thinking that, okay, well, if it's secular, it's not spiritual. That's not true at all. There's a lot within our culture. It doesn't mean all of it is balanced. It doesn't mean that we have a grip on everything, right? But it certainly doesn't have to mean that it's not spiritual. Because sometimes spirituality is imbalanced. And that's the reality of it. The honesty in it. The uncomfortable. Solid evidence. You thought I was going to say truth. (laughs) But um that's where it goes it's um i've been watching a lot of older movies this week as we've been enjoying summer um of course been playing outside and all that too but really just taking the last you know some time to uh explore that and you find a lot of spirituality because you're not i think secular was everybody's attempt whether it was really religious and 
you're putting a, a red flag on something, oh, that's secular, that's bad. Or whether it was you're putting a safe space on something, like a green flag, oh, that's secular, you're good. Uh, it's a bad idea to do that because you're putting God in a box. God is genderless. Um, through different experience and God is custom so that's kind of how that goes and again I'm going to start these series you might see some title changes on the podcast with repetitive titles um, and different subtitles I'm gonna see how I want because I want to that's what I think we need in podcasting is the ability I think you can do playlists but so that could be one way, actually. I'm not going to bash playlists. Um, that could be one way of putting things into a series. Um, and some of you have already been ahead on that and doing in that. Um, I'm not sure if that's what I want to do. Because that's the way I want to present it. Because uh, it might be confusing. Um, you can subscribe to playlists and follow playlists, but... Um, so, you know, I don't know. That might be something to start. Um, kind of like in YouTube with sections and all of that. Another thing, too, is putting this podcast in YouTube's podcast section, which you can do. I'm going to explore that in productability um, because that's also going to be, just to make reference, there's going to be a lot of uh, exploration of the technologies we use to create out here, so that's going to be cool. And when I do my first episode, I'm going to challenge myself and have a description in show notes really describing what productability is to help you understand better in case I wasn't clear enough in speaking. So be looking out for that launch coming up. So we're going to talk insights. Um... After getting out of this long intro mode here, um, how long has this intro been? Pause if need be, believe me, I understand. Um, oh, 10 minute intro, okay, that's not as bad as my other intros have been, I guess. <sighs> Surprise, you're still here, <laughs> but in any case, let's go. Let's get into the insights. Um, I guess we've kind of already started with secular. Um, and so getting into, we're talking communication, relationships, and I'm, I'm doing this as like a way of putting up balance beams to keep myself going in this sort of lack of gravity state that we can find ourselves in when we're finally reconnecting with our creativity. I really missed being out here. And to be honest, I've done a little bit of unreleased audio journaling. Um, I was motivated to create and publish and put out, but then I've realized, you know, I need to reevaluate a lot of things in life before I put out. And that's the process we're doing here, but at the same time, what I realized was that the insights did not click for myself yet. And it was a good experience to do that. Um, and so I might 
release the 30 minutes of audio journaling in another episode. Um, but one of the things I had to reevaluate was um, that I'm getting into in an insight is understanding and um I've done a whole I've probably done lots of episodes with the title understanding I'm probably going to search through that could be a playlist understanding and um In understanding, there's a lot of sub-insights to go through, um, teachings and lessons and sub-insights. Bitterness. Is bitterness healthy? Well, when we think of goodbyes or transformations or these life decisions we make, they are definitely bittersweet. I was having a conversation with somebody who was generally just, turns out they were really just curious if any of the, you know, it's kind of funny how people get curious about other people if any of the, um, if any of the, sort of um concerns were true about how we were doing um and they had been on their own network um they're starting and connecting on um um, a show that they're doing a new show a solo show or a show that's based on their creativity aside from the network and a show that they have and um so that's really cool to hear about um and so one of the things that made me stop and realize you know i we are very stable and that's cool but um really made me realize the inside of uh not to fully trust emotions um, cause I didn't believe anybody for years when they'd say, don't trust your emotions, don't trust your instincts. And, uh, that'll be communicated personally, but, um, uh, directly, uh, to that teaching. Um, but when it comes to this kind of thing, um, we were talking about family and life changes and uh it really hit me hard because this person reminded me of me in a way it, they reminded me of us not like me as in like that kind of one-to-one connection right but like us as a group like the way that we had experienced life it reminded me of an older experience that came back internally all over again as if I was there. 
revisiting. We talked about family and sticking together and all kinds of things about like, it was more like values. It wasn't like any kind of arrangements or anything. It was just based on like values, valuing our home family, valuing our home base, valuing where we grew up. And it put me back in that place because where we left to go explore and get away from things that we were getting back into doing that were not good for us um, and habits that, you know, and just, you know, not taking accountability in life and blaming others, right? We were in that space. We had to get away in order to become accountable in life and responsible. But it was like revisiting the place of of that emotion um, of family values that that emotion that was not in, just for me, not to speak for anybody else, but just for me that was not fully developed yet. But it was a revisit of that emotion. I've had a couple of these flashes. And I've, I've learned through a lot of deep introspection over this past week. That there's a beauty in reflecting upon these and not needing. It doesn't necessarily mean to take action, but just to understand that. They're like little alert pop-ups that you uh, have seen that don't really mean anything. Like on your computer, you might have an alert that says loading or Wi-Fi loading or whatever it is. Um, and you know that. And so you're loading in your life like something is loading up into something, into a new page in life, right? A new web page, a new exploration program in your life that you now need to learn to run. So that was a huge hit for me because the whole thought process in that emotion was when you think about the things you have to sacrifice that are scary or the things that, the values that you have to sacrifice that are scary to get away from something. You might even think about the things that are, when it comes to um, close connections with people or what feels like home to you. And there's no way of comprehending in this moment that this could be taken away from you. Like, there's no way of explaining that. I can't explain that to anybody, to my closest. Can't explain that to my closest pal that, you know, things could just be taken away. I don't want to, really. Like, it's, I, I got on this high horse for a while, and it wasn't so much a high horse, it was... these painful 
sit-downs where I was explaining and drilling truth into people on this podcast here. It was a very dogmatic way of doing things where, well, things could be taken away from you at any moment, right? A lot of that came from hurt. And we talk about, I mentioned bitterness and all, all kinds of things that I had to work through. Raw here in front of you on this podcast. Um, very, very intimate stuff, right? But a lot of that came from results, like instant results that I wanted for my own feeling of safety, for my family's feeling of protection, all this kind of thing. And there's no way of explaining it, the world, life itself is tough enough. Um, life and the world is... You have to learn to connect with life in the world in a way that is reciprocal. Like, you have to have a relationship with life. You have to have a relationship with the world in order to even... have long-term reciprocation from it like it's a relationship it's not you know this whole the world is your oyster bullshit it's like you want to teach that as a form of confidence in parenting but you don't want to teach that so much that you think that oh the world owes me something and I'm gonna go because that's something that I think a lot of us were taught in our generation and you know that's why I'm making productability honestly because we have to get out of that together and we uh there's going to even be um a lot of other behind the scenes things involved um a lot of the other things I've hinted at that are coming in our life that I'm sharing here on the podcast are going to be in productability because I'm you know it really is focusing on allowing life to work for you in flow rather than you working for life um by having a relationship with your life, by having a relationship with the world, and that's what this whole life is our reality, productability, communication, relationships included. So, having said all that, that feeling, revisiting that on a group call with that person, really... It was like, there was a slight bit of empathy there that made me realize the sacrifice that our close part of our family had to make. When you think about people evolving and even, you know, getting into, you know, warning, this is getting intense here because people that are, when we think about even things like, or people don't have to, you know, oh, they no longer have to suffer anymore. I'm sad they're gone. They no longer have to suffer anymore. But there's a part within that that um, this empathy that you feel when you're watching somebody else go about their life, you wouldn't trade your loved one for the world. Like, you know, and so 
I was sort of like really proud in one breath that we made it through our life and they were catching up with us. I know you guys really do seem to be doing good. Now they could go back and tell their people that we're in fact doing good now. If they do, maybe they'll leave it and just kind of keep it for themselves. But in any case, doesn't really matter. And, um, but it was more like, the understanding that I would have never traded anybody for the world to have this life. I would have, life is not, it doesn't work that way. It's not that linear though. And you wouldn't either. You would love to, and this is one of my things I want to teach you. Don't wait for somebody to have to not suffer anymore in order for you to move on I don't want you to wait for somebody to sacrifice their entire life and health and space on this planet I don't want you to wait for your loved one to leave the planet for you to, I mean, do you really? Because sometimes regrets, I know we have this, oh, no regrets. And yeah, of course, like you do what you have to do to protect your family. You do what you have to do to, for your life. Of course there are no regrets, like ultimately. But it's when you get out of the fear of being so stuck, right? There's this question of like, well, there may have been some finagling and some teeth pulling that we would have had to do. But couldn't this person be here to witness us moving on? And wouldn't they have wanted to? At the end of the day, they had good intentions for us. They've offered to support and help us do this very thing that we stopped sort of doing because we were trying to build our roots in the town we used to live in. We were really attempting to build our roots there. And we resented anybody that wasn't willing. And that was really unfair of us. We resented anybody that had their own words in their own town. And wasn't willing to kind of, because at the time we just sort of thought, well, they don't have words in their town. And they actually do, but we didn't think about it. We thought that our town and our way was best and that our tribe should just be all about it. Um, and we were kind of selfish in that way. I know I really was. I struggled with a lot of that um, for a while with different people and different relationships and stuff. Um, I talk a lot about tribalism here in different forms, various forms. Uh, labels are not really a big deal anymore. You can explore past episodes and kind of see what I mean, but even just like chosen family. Um, 
things like that, time put into each other, things like that, right? Um, trying to put in the time with each other and be very omnipresent. Um, as omnipresent as possible, but not managing life. Life has become a lot more balanced, but... That's the thing. Is this... This balance... Is, uh... You're like on a teeter-totter in time sometimes. You're sitting between your past and your future. And in one side, one side is turned back and the other side is turned forward sometimes. But in order for that teeter-totter to move, you kind of have to move forward and back, forward and back. It's not so much that you're running, running forward and you're never looking back. Yeah. That's good. Like, to get out of a situation, that's what you have to do. But, uh, especially a situation that's kind of urgent. But at the same time, for that teeter-totter to be balanced, and for you to be able to move the teeter-totter forward, back, forward, back, forward, back, back, forward, back, forward, back, forward, even if you want to do it in that order, think of it in that way. Swings can work the same way. I used to love swinging as a kid. Still do. Still find excuses to go on the swings. One of the best parts about being a parent is you have an excuse to be a big kid. I know that sounds counterintuitive to a lot of you who are like, well, I'd have to grow up too fast. Well, yeah, you're probably right. And in a way, you don't necessarily have to have kids to grow up either. You know, I know society likes to kind of say that, but that's not necessarily true, unless you want to. A lot of you that are very, very careful would actually make very capable parents because you're so careful um, about not, you know, jumping in and having kids and all that. But at the same time, very self-aware as well that there are definitely other purposes and other things. Uh, so... It really, really, really hit me that, you know, you can't explain. I was doing it out of fear, too. It wasn't just selfish pain. Part of it was a huge reaction to the lack of instant results that I thought I needed. And then the other part had a lot to do with love and fear for people that the reason they weren't reacting with instant results was because of their lack of understanding, which could be a false truth and a false deception, right? Um, all this time, that could have been the case. And they could be very prepared and all that, but that's not really my business. Um, and that's the thing about creating out here. You don't always get to know what people take from it. What your business is, is communicating to them through your art, painting, drawing, podcasting, YouTubing, with all the other mediums in between, TikTok, WordPress, LinkedIn, all of that. And I think LinkedIn's definitely going to be a part of predictability. Um, 
yeah, a lot of unexplored territories are going to be on productability. So it's going to be such a fun, such a fun space. Yeah, but um, yeah, you can't explain a way to somebody to try to protect them from pain that you had to experience. And for some of you, it might have to be that the person won't have to suffer anymore, unfortunately, because it's a different set of circumstances at that point. And you're choosing to have a relationship with somebody that you love and care about, especially parents, especially anybody, siblings, aunts, uncles, grandparents, anybody. And sometimes that relationship includes arrangements and circumstances that really do work for everybody at the time. And you know what? What I wanted to say to this person and what I felt for this person as I was empathizing with them, as they were talking about how loyal they are to their family Versus the judgments that they get. Because as a minority, we get a lot of judgments around sharing homes with our families. Like, sighted people don't even get a lot of the same judgments. They do to a certain degree, but it's in a different way. And I'm not complaining. I'm saying that as knowing that a lot of us get those same judgments. I wanted to be the understanding that, like, okay, we did this. We got stable. We got on our own. But I'm not sitting here judging like a lot of uh, blind people will judge each other for it. And it's not really fair to. You've got to enjoy your relationships with your family. And I was judging. Like, I'm not going to say I'm perfect or I'm an angel or anything. I'm not. Not at all. <laughs> I'm no angel at all. But, like, the thing is, is... uh. You uh, you enjoy the relationships you have now. That's that whole thing. You enjoy the time you have with them now. That And there is very much love and truth in that. Very much love and truth in that. And so um, if that includes arrangements that are a little bit beneath any kind of standards, but it's been working... Um, and it's not harmful at this time. Life ebbs and flows and you just need to understand that. That's all. And so, um, when it really comes down to, what it really comes down to is that we really need to stop judging each other. Um, I was in a situation that I found these people, um, almost had their rights taken away. You know, I had been there myself. I had to fight for my own rights. Don't get me wrong. But, like, they literally almost had their rights taken away. And I don't I don't necessarily agree. And I'm not necessarily going to expose us to the way that they live, necessarily. Um, we, they'd all, they'd kind of helped us out. 
to start out out of our situation, you know? And so I really didn't have any kind of like unsafety around that at all, around kind of working together a little bit at the time that it was needed, uh, that we were more tribal and everything like that. Um, and they had moved in as roommates and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, and they were in this situation where they uh, had almost lost their rights and, and all that stuff. My instant urge and instinct was not, oh, well, that's what you get. You know, it was not pain. It was not like bitterness and, oh, well, that's just revenge. And that's what you get for being an asshole and all that kind of stuff. My instant instinct was to fight with them. Even if I wasn't going to get anything out of it, but it's like, we need to, like, you, you need to find an advocate. That can help you find some kind of support worker, some kind of, a uh, help. And I had been a little bit, um, under the impression that we were going to be that help at some point. And then our life got very, very intense and we couldn't, I guess, we kind of, there was not a lot that we could do. And um, a lot of that has to do with the economy and capitalism and things like that. Um, but I still would have, especially with advocacy, stepped up and helped them. But some people have that instinct in them, even though they've been through something a little bit similar, even if it's not very similar, because they think, well, I would never live life the way that you do. And so my life is justified and my, my, uh, you know, you might think, well, my help is more important. My life is more important uh, because you allowed this to happen to you. Um, and I didn't and that kind of thing. We all did in some way, right? Um, if we're adults, in some way, shape, or form, we have to realize that we, things happen because we're making the decision not to make the decision. And my instinct was not, I mean, I was aggravated even that we were even having a conversation in one way because of the fact that we hadn't been in touch. But once they told me what was going on, they chose to tell me. Um, my first instinct was not at all. Ha ha. It was like, oh my God, no. This shouldn't be happening. We are a minority. We need to fight this. Like, you need to fight this. We need to figure this out and I would have been willing to take calls and texts and all kinds of stuff um, but a lot of people have it in their heart to judge to gossip um, people that claim to be religious people that are the teachers of the religions people that claim to be prophets they're very very upset if you're somebody that is sort of in this kind of boat where you're profiting, you're teaching, you're in a religion, but you find yourself gossiping a lot, judging a lot, 
this kind of thing. Well, then you have a lot in your heart and heaviness and disappointment of other uh, in other people maybe maybe you're disappointed in the way things turned out and you're feeling hurt maybe that's part of bitterness when it comes to disappointment i've been disappointed in people and getting into that i've been disappointed in the lifestyle and the changes Sometimes they realize what they're doing and all that kind of stuff. Um, sometimes they're exploring. And sometimes they've, they can hurt you. Like if, if they're living a lifestyle that affects you and your family, they can really hurt you. But honestly, they're not aware at all of what they're doing. Like they don't know. They really, really don't know. They know not what they've done, quote unquote. They really do. Now, does that mean that you let your guard down? Does that mean that you don't have boundaries? Absolutely not. If they are people that have earned those boundaries by their behavior, by uh, drinking and, you know, being around alcoholism and not, you know, being woken up to stop, fine. But they're not awake, really. Um Giving them a little company once in a while is not going to hurt. Cutting back on your time with them, you know, in your day-to-day life is definitely um, a helpful thing for you if you're getting away from all of that. But at the same time, they deserve a little company. Maybe they've been through a lot in their life that you don't know about. Maybe they... lost a child. Maybe they lost a spouse. Maybe, you know, there's, you don't know what people have went through. Um, and once you've taken steps to protect your family and protect yourself, you find yourself being that company for them again. You find yourself being in a relationship with them again in that way when you can. You know, codependency can be a real thing too. And you don't want that for anybody. Um, and you need to manage and use your tools and your tech to put yourself on do not disturb, mute and things like that, live your life. And so do they. But at the same time, it's not going to hurt you to not judge somebody and feel and be the better person. And the scenario that I describe about, yes, it happened with this other tribe and this group of people um, when we were tribing and we were even thinking about working on the podcast together and all kinds of stuff, but it also happened in, in other scenarios as well, other tribal situations. Because people get very easily hurt and a lot of us don't know how to stick it out with each other. A lot of us don't know how to. It's very, I've come to really appreciate the awareness of this, of sticking it out, of coming back into each other's lives, of checking on each other, of just these little simple things, these basic 
like kindergarten things that we're not really taught, but that can be in our instinct. That is love in full circle. Love enough for yourself to protect yourself and your family. Love enough for the other person to extend uh, a little space once in a while. Love enough for yourself to set those boundaries as you need to. Love enough for yourself to find balance. Love enough to, to yourself to love others from a distance. There are people that I could sit here and say, oh, you made me homeless. But they didn't. And they were unaware. And they had their own battles in their own life that they're figuring out as well as I am. And all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't make me better or stronger. And in some ways, I have to manage and balance that aspect I was having a conversation with somebody about this as well many insightful (laughs) many insights this week and conversations but the insight the conversation was about they were talking about a little bit about regret they were talking a little bit about um, the complete right that they had to have boundaries over their family and protection I've mentioned this before. And with their mother, they had to have these boundaries. But they had to protect their family so hard and have these boundaries so much that they talk about as much as I needed to have those boundaries put into place, as much as I need to have needed to manage and uh, as much as I needed to they were saying as much as they themselves needed to uh, get away from it and heal and not be around the toxic behavior they recognize years later that like what is wrong with having a simple conversation with the person And what is wrong, what would have been so wrong with, like, just that space once in a while? Um, And forgetting about it for a second. And, you know, not forgetting about it to the point of putting your guard down at all. You might even feel like you got to have your guard up. You might even feel a little bit nervous or anxious about it. But just to be able to have that simple conversation little hi how are you because deep through all that pain and anger and bitterness over the years the love is still there and it's a small regret because they've made many good decisions in their life the regret runs deep but it's a life lesson And um, it's never too late to, whether it's the other person in, in spirit 
whether it's finding the other person, whether it's having somebody else reach out to that other person, or doing it yourself, or both. But, you know, being grounded within your your boundaries. Your values holding up your boundaries, like, a, you know, maybe some guardrails. Taking pride and understanding your your life and being, you know, connected and having that relationship relationship and protection in your life, of your life, with your life. And yet, you know, with that balance of love, because there's always a curiosity, like, (laughs) even if you're angry at somebody for being stupid in their life, and how could they be so stupid? How could they get drunk and drive? How could they do this bullshit? How could they be with this other person who's leading them down a wrong path when they themselves are so much better? You can't really kill the curiosity that's there, even if you're angry, even if, oh, I don't care anymore. (laughs) Yeah, you do. And that's going to turn into gossip eventually. Like, it just does. I've been guilty of it, too. It just does. Even if maybe it's a dis, you're loving them from a distance on social media. Like, I know that that sounds artificial and very controversial, but that's what Facebook is for, too. That's what Facebook is for, too. To see, you know, whether it's connected to your email, whether it's on a news feed, you know, whatever. Or any kind of social media that they're on that you know, maybe a little bit. Don't obsess and stalk and, you know, be like, what are they really doing? What are they, who are they really like? You know, I mean, we all have our own kind of life and and all that. I mean, you, you could certainly if you wanted to, but, you know, you're going to put yourself through a lot of hell in trying to find out over years and years and years of content from other people, um, especially on a news feed of any kind. A feed of any kind, really, news, RSS. Um, video, whatever, any kind of feed. You know, there's many ways to balance that communication. And one of those ways is email. Life is at reality at gmail.com. I got an email and it brought up the insight and even the auto audio journaling that I was doing on um, when it comes to bitterness and they said in the email kind of paraphrasing because I don't want to give out all the privacy but just people after the pandemic have are just they've really exposed themselves as treating other people like shit when people have been good to them tried their best with them 
blogging is normalized and has become more normalized since the pandemic and all this kind of thing. This person in the email has taken a lot of time to travel, which I'm really happy for, by the way, whether or not um, that traveling is a break from work or one of those breakaway vacations or breakaway moving or breakaway from the job kind of things, life transformations, second homes, whatever it is, proud for you to do this. This is where that balance comes in, though. Because sometimes you want a connection to work a lot. And then you realize you were forcing the other person. I've done this. You were kind of forcing the other person to connect. And you wanted the connection so badly to work. They were very cool with you and everything, but you changed them in a way that said, now all of a sudden we're closed because this is what you desired. It was like, if you've ever seen those movies where somebody casts a spell on somebody to make them fall in love with somebody else, and then they do fall in love with that person, and then they realize, wait, this isn't them being themselves, though. This isn't. I don't actually love you because you love me. I uh, love you because you're you and maybe because you don't love me and, and that kind of thing. And so it's like, it's like that, right? Where you want the person, you kind of tell the person, I want more FaceTime, I want more uh, whatever. I'm hurt that you talked about traveling to this other country when you haven't traveled to see me yet, this kind of thing. And uh, when this happens, um, kind of related to the email here, when this happens, you kind of realize that like this isn't, this is them doing it out of obligation. This isn't them doing it because they want to. And so you release that obligation by maybe disconnecting from them and then there's a codependency thing that happens where they feel very hurt by this and it's not a very cool thing to do I'm not saying I'm not justifying any of this right but here's where the advice comes in the dear Abby advice if you've heard of dear Abby uh one of those <laughs> uh I feel like that person sometimes here's where the advice comes in um comes down to when somebody tells you like you deserve your wolf pack or your tribe of people that are going to be better for you it doesn't mean that somebody's telling you to fuck off or that somebody's telling you that they don't want that they don't give a shit about you it, it actually really does mean that you know what I put this on you because you can look at it from their point of view. I put this on you because this is what I thought I needed from you in order to feel like 
we're friends or in order to feel like a lot of females have this. Um, this is how I know I'm definitely on the LGBT spectrum because a lot of females have this um, issue. Guys, I don't know. Guys are, are very different in some ways. And I'm talking heteronormative, heterosexual, uh, cis males, cis females. I'm not necessarily trying to generalize. It could even be feminine and masculine people. It doesn't have to be gender specific if you're more on the non-binary spectrum. Um, yet to learn all these things, but you know, we're ver we're being very educated about this stuff. It's interesting, right? So in all of this um Essentially, maybe this other person offers to, like, they want to be a part of your group in order to manage time with you because they realize you're close with this other tribe. Um, and they want to be involved in it, and so you let them in, and everybody kind of gets really, really, where they enjoy the company of that person, and the presence of that person really is... beautifully like blending in the space of the group and balancing it out but then um you know putting everything in such a harmony and then all of a sudden they don't have time for that group but they are putting more of that time into you one-on-one -on -one, and you might take that as an insult um unnecessarily in one way but in another way it does feel like an insult for a reason because they still feel obligated. Like, you could tell it's just an obligation at that point. And if they didn't have time for the group, why do they still feel obligated to respond to you? Um, or obligated to do these kind of check-ins. And so you can feel these things. Like, it's not that you aren't are trusting your emotions too much. It's that your senses are heightened a lot when you're experiencing all kinds of awakenings and all kinds of changes and all kinds of uh, even different different ways of coping or different different types of like especially because uh, this relates to what this person was going through when somebody's experiencing all different types of drugs and all different types of anxieties and all different types of withdrawals that will make somebody act in discord with their heightened senses where they normally might have thought things through before blocking or you know and now they're kind of trying to slowly rebuild with the person because they realize maybe they were a little bit wrong but at the same time it really depends on how do you feel about ghosting how do you feel about Maybe it's a terrible thing we've kind of used as a clutch to not take accountability in communication. I actually don't disagree with this. I've been uh, emailing and having email conversations about this with people. Um, trying not to get too philosophical and trying to be more empathetic to it. But I really do think it's kind of a tool at some point when you might need to say, I'm distancing myself because I can't be 
the friend you need me to be right now. And I don't really see, you know, and there's do not disturb and mute. And I hope there's more of those features, actually. I kind of wish that the block button wasn't there sometimes. And I'm blaming the block button because it really could be there for harassment and things. And so I've had to actually cut back on using it and just do more of the do not disturb and mute features, to be honest with you. Um, but I think that for a long time it's been used as like a mute or like a... Uh, tool to help you keep a distance with people and all that kind of stuff and so productability we're going to explore how to manage uh, I keep just leading you on with this productability shit but we're going to explore how to manage these settings in our lives um, and so I need some of the Android users to be ready for questions and if not, you know, just email me, lifeisartreality at gmail.com if you're Android or iPhone, and we can explore these features. Um, I'd get really jealous if Android is more open about this, but I'm really hoping that iPhone is more consistent and explains its features more because there's features to put people to where you can get notifications and kind of screen their contacts but they'll be on silent as well. And so you can still be involved in their lives, but just manage it from a distance um, so that you can see what kind of state they're in and then base your life, base your life around that. Um, some of this has a lot to do with long distance as well. If there's a long distance friendship or relationship that happens, sometimes you realize, you know, I think I've wanted too much. And I can't manage it with the timing and all that. And so that's happened over the years. So a lot of insights here to unpack, you know, and when you're when you're talking to somebody that you have not talked to when you're feeling the love for somebody who you've had to make changes away from and things like this, one of the most loving things to do is to get inside their world a little bit. Don't make it all about you. Be the bigger person, make it more about them. And that is actually easier because you can get your curiosity energy fed without being angry without feeling unsafe or unprotected or threatened. And you can make it about them and their changes. Because sometimes people really could use that company. So thank you so much for listening. Elf, take care of your life, take care of each other. And let's stay connected through experience in omnipresence together.